You're listening to Work Tape, episode 42. Welcome to the Work Tape Podcast. Again, Isaac, your host and your co-host, Jeff Hall. How's it going? It's going. I don't even know what's going, but whatever it is, it is going. It's going and it's gone. So songwriting, we're going to get right into it, man. Yes. Talk to us about songwriting. Well, I know I differ from you in, in terms of how I approach writing a song. Well, just to clarify, I, this is we're going to pick your brain. Okay. And try to learn how you songwrite. Because I imagine that we're going to have hundreds of episodes on songwriting because everyone just approaches it differently. Yeah, it's such a fun topic to discuss too, how everyone, the creative process behind songwriting for each yeah. individual. So I'll, I'll come in here and there, but I really want to hear about how uh, your brain works with this. Well, as you know, I, uh, I approach it lyrically. I always love lyrics in music, like metaphors, literary devices, like all that kind of stuff. That's why I fell in love with uh, Isaac Brock, uh, Modest Mouse. He tends to use a lot of metaphors and hidden meanings in his songwriting lyrically. So I usually start with, the, I guess you could say a poem. It may rhyme, it may not rhyme, but try and make it interesting and hide some little secrets in there that the listener may not really pick up on if they read the lyrics because I don't sing loud enough so they can never hear me. Would you say Isaac and Elliot are like two of your biggest influences with that? Yeah, Elliot more for the um, just the melodic content. Like his melodies are just infectious and super original. Your chord progressions are very similar. I'm not saying they're identical, but they're pretty similar. Yeah, I try to emulate him musically. It's the reason why I try to like use weird chords and go outside of the key, because I know he did that a lot. And it gives your song like a cool sound that's like unique, that stands out from the rest of like the traditional like one, four, five progression or something that kind of snoozer. Yeah, that stuff gets super boring. But I mean, it, it just works for the style. But I feel like whatever you're going for, that's how you're going to write your song. Yeah. Like you can't tell a prog rock band to write a song like Carly Rae Jemsen. Yeah, no, they're going to do it a prog rock style. They're going to do it what they're comfortable doing. Yeah, exactly. Or is it Jepsen? I think it's Carly Rae Jepsen. Well, whatever. <laughs> so and so. This is crazy. I forgot your name, so don't call me ever. <laughs> so, yeah, what were you saying? Um, like I know you approach songwriting differently. You think very melodically and musically. You have a melody in mind and you usually start with that and then you'll probably put a chord progression or harmony behind it. Mm -hmm. That's like the last thing. Like my melodies, I know they're very weak compared to most melodies. And that's probably why I do them last and it's like the least of my concern. I really want the lyrical content. Whereas you, you want like a nice infectious melody that is going to have a lot of movement up and down and which is cool to start that way. I think my main thing, so I have an obsession with chords and progressions. Me too. Me too. Okay. So you and I relate on that. Now where I would say my taste is with songwriting. So first off, if you want to make good money, and we're not really getting into that because I guess we will have a separate episode for this. So it's so like if you want to write a pop song, or are you just going to write a personal song that helps you get through some hard times? 
Yeah, and what we're talking about is more along the lines of Neil Young, Elliot Smith. Yeah. Maybe even Elton John because I, you know, yeah. and, and Billy Joel because, you know, we like we like songwriters like those. They're a little bit more it's it's different, you know? It's different. James Taylor too. James Taylor, yep. Yeah. Uh, I like where they're it's very personal like to them and it's you can tell that they really were going through something when they uh, wrote this and it's, it's kind of cool. Like Ryan Adams, he, his songs have that kind of effect. You look at him and or listen to him, I should say. You don't look at the song, or you listen to the song and um, you can tell, like, oh wow, he's this is a rough time in his life. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's what makes us gravitate toward these songwriters is because of their relatability and how they express it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be super popular or like it's not going to be a top 40 chart winner, but it's cool that they were able to express themselves and get it out there. I like that. That's the thing. That's the tricky thing with the music business is because if you're going to make your art a business, how much are you compromising for the marketing part? Yeah, that's true. And I know you, when you write a song, you are not, I know just personally, I know you are not thinking about marketability. You are just no. thinking about getting your thoughts on paper. Heck, you're probably not even writing it for other people. You're just writing the song, right? I just write the song and I put it out there just to see if anyone likes it, maybe, or if anyone wants to jam. But it's, yeah, I'm not looking to be a top pop star. It's just fun. And it's a good feeling when you have something written and you can say, oh, I wrote that. Like That's kind of cool. Cool accomplishment. It is cool, huh? Yeah. I would say for me personally, I will write a song without marketing in mind. Now, it is very hard as you learn things to unlearn them. Yes. And so what I have learned is how to make my songs better than previously before, to write them quote unquote better. However, what I feel like I'm losing as time goes on Are you writing for yourself or the listener? Exactly. And so once you learn how to write to get people's attention, at least for me personally, I think it's very hard to unlearn that. And so I'm not saying that I'm not being true to myself. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. What I am saying, though, is I will never, ever write songs the same way I did like when I was 19. Yeah, because you want to grow and uh, develop a different style or, or grow like artistically. And that's one thing that I, I find myself stuck in a rut sometimes of just like, oh man, I'm doing the same song. I've been playing the same song for the past four years. Some people like to do that, but I think you and me, I mean, at least I do, I don't like to stay the same way for like three tracks, maybe three or four. I do tend to go back to similar styles. However, I wouldn't want to stay exactly in the same sound for like an album or more than one album. I probably want to change it from that because... I need some change. Yeah. Perfect example is uh, John Bryan, Meaningless. Every track sounds unique and different. Now, where's John Bryan from again? The Greys. Oh, I thought it was the <laughs> other way around for some reason. I was like, wait, was he from somewhere else other than the Greys or the Greys? Okay, got it. No, Rochambeau. That is a that is super fantastic. good record. You showed me that. Yeah. I remember when you showed me that and I was like, John Bryan? Is that the same John Bryan? And then sure enough, it was him. Well, shout out to my friend Jerry in college. She showed me Rochambeau and I didn't like it first listen. Like a lot of records that are my favorites now. And it took a while, but I was like, yeah, huh, this is like Nevermind. Yeah, Nevermind took a lot of listens, dude. Hmm. That took quite a lot of listens before I got into it. 
Yeah, I have the same uh, experience with some albums where I'm like, like Radiohead, uh, King of Limbs. <laughs> Radiohead's kind of hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, was <laughs> I know like, we t- we kind of like uh, worship them on here, but dude. Oh, they're they, untouchable. <laughs> I mean, they they in a way, they are untouchable, but even Radiohead albums can be kind of like, dude, I still can't get into Kid A. Really? That's I can't one of do my it. Favorites. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, the opening track, everything in its right place. Well, that oh, just sets the a, tone. It, okay, so listen. Listen. That is an amazing track, okay? Don't get me wrong, man. That one's great. Also, How to Disappear Completely. Yeah, optimistic. Yeah, like it has… Look, I'm not saying it's a bad album. Dude, my opinion does not matter. What I'm saying is… Yes, it does. <laughs> right? No, what I'm saying is… I still have a hard time getting into that record because it just doesn't work for me. I'd rather listen to huh. the Benz. And even though this album, I think, I think it's a little overrated. It's easier for me to get into. Okay, yeah. And see that that one was hard for me to get into. I I just that's the way I see Radiohead albums. I think they're typically difficult for me to get into. Yeah, the first listen is always going to be in. An interesting experience. You're gonna be like, eh, but then you'll go back. You always come crawling back. You do always come crawling back to radio. (laughs) (laughs) You always come crawling back to Radiohead. That is great. Wait, you know what? Okay, okay. So guess, get this. Which one do you think? Come on, take a wild guess. Which one do you think, though, out of all of them, I would prefer? Um, you don't say in rainbows. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, because I know you like all I need a lot. Oh my gosh, that's one of the greatest songs you like I've the, the build ever. At the end. It's so good. Yeah, that, I remember you actually uh, did a cover of that, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I didn't release it yet. It sounded really good. It was very cool how you did the the ending part, how it just stacks on all those notes, and it's just yeah, like, that's a D major with the C at the base. Huh. So like a yeah. It's got a lot of clashing. It's got a lot of notes in there, then, huh? Yeah, unless you'd say that's a C. So it's like a a one two, right? I can't. I'm I'm not gonna get into it. I like music theory, but not that much. See, that's <laughs> what I was gonna touch base on too. Sometimes music theory is it a crutch or is it a tool? Like, let's do that for the next one because we're getting short for time again. Okay, we're always gonna have you back here anyway. So this is thank you, dude. It, it's not. It's not the same. It's not work tape without Jeff. It's. It'd be <laughs> Jeff and his nonsense. Yeah, dude. Well, the nonsense is what makes this podcast. So there you have it. That is episode forty-two. Do not go anywhere except go where you need to go for work and whatnot. But yes. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the work tape podcast. <laughs> <laughs>